Good morning, good morning. It's Brenda Eshen Shoshana, back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life, The Unshakable Road to Love. And actually, Zen is the unshakable road to love, for sure, for sure. As we go deeper into what love is, what Zen is, what the moment is, what a relationship really is. Now, that's a fascinating koan. You know, I'll repeat quickly for those who may be just listening for the first time. In Zen, a koan is a question that is given to a student by a Zen master, and it has no logical answer. It doesn't have an answer you can figure out intellectually and, un- and analyze it. That doesn't, doesn't. You cannot because it's not logical. It's not rational. You have to answer in a completely different way. The teacher says to you, show me the answer. Don't tell me. In other words, words here are not used to explain or understand logically. No, no, no. You actually have to be changed by the koan, be awakened by it, be connected to that question in a totally different way, intuitively. Your whole body, your bones, your cells, you have to actually become the koan. Become it. Become one with it. Same exactly with our life. Our life is a huge koan, and certainly relationships are, oh my goodness, (laughs) are they ever, are they ever. They present and provide one question after another. Well, what does he mean by that? Well, what's going to happen now? Well, where are we headed? That's a big koan question. Where's this relationship going anyway? Am I going to get what I want from it? (laughs) These are all relationship koans. These are questions that come to us. And, of course, we try to figure them out in our mind. We analyze what the person did, what we did. We try to understand where we're going, all of that, all of that. And I'm not saying that approach doesn't have some kind of an... Well, it works in one way, maybe, but it creates a lot of stress, a lot of confusion, and the very reality of a relationship anyway, the, the deep reality, is that it changes moment by moment by moment. It does. So as life does, <clears throat> as our breath does, one moment a long breath, one moment a short breath. <laughs> one moment we love this, the other moment we can't stand it anymore. That is the way we roll, as they say. The nature of the world we live in, very much like that. And when we try to understand it intellectually, we try to hold on to it, fix it, fixate it is a better word. Keep it something that's immovable, static, so we can know what to expect or know how to maneuver, so called, or know that we are secure. In the relationship, so many people say over and over, but I don't feel secure in this relationship. <clears throat> well, is life secure in that way? Is that how we find our security through another person, 
to cling to someone or to expect something of someone, that they be there, that they always respond in the same way. Well, that is the way many of us do seek stability and security, and it's understandable, certainly understandable, even though it doesn't work. And when I say it doesn't work, I just mean that we're confused, we're disappointed over and over because inevitably, inevitably, the relationship must change. The people in it, you included, are different every day. We learn from what happened the day before, whether we learn in our mind, our bones learn, our experience learns, we learn and we evolve day by day, whether we like it or not. Or maybe we devolve, maybe we regress day by day. So the way to find that stability, security, which could be another word for love for some of us, oh, well, if I feel stable, then then, I'm, then I have love or I, I am loving them. But that's also not necessarily so. So this koan has many layers to it. Let's just look at the one to begin with of the change that goes on and our actual resistance against change because that is what makes relationships so difficult and so painful. Our expectations of the person that they be the same or that they be predictable or that life fit our patterns our dreams, our needs. Well, what we call relationships, from that perspective, there are many perspectives to view relationships, many, many, many. And we're going to find the one that will only produce joy. Actually, when we're doing reels in practice, on and off the cushion, only joy. Even if we're hurting only joy because we are so at one with that moment, meaning we are so accepting of whatever the moment is. We relish it. We taste it. We give thanks for it when practice is strong. This practice is not to change the moment or to change anybody else. It's to truly, truly be it and be with it and Digest it and give thanks for it. Bow to it. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here and to experience this vivid moment. Whether or not it's to my liking, because we know that if one moment isn't so up, we're going, we're here to experience it. The next moment may be to my liking. The next one may not again. It's my liking is not important in this process. That's a very important point. Usually you want everything to be the way I like it, and we push away what we don't like. We, re- we re-avoid it. We won't look at it. We deny it. We reject what we don't like, which is about three-quarters of our life. What a shame. What a shame, because when we get in that habit of rejecting and avoiding and denying, then even the moments that we like, we can't be there for them. We can't taste them. We're just busy rejecting, avoiding, judging. We're not wide open 
to experiencing everything. Now, some of us will say, well, who wants that? (laughs) Why would I want to be wide open to experience everything? And I'll tell you why, because that state of being, not only is it itself what we call love or connection, but that state of being is so wonderful and beautiful for us and others that what we might think of as painful and that we don't like it, it turns into something we see the beauty in. And as we see the beauty in it, instead of the difficulty in it, it transforms. That's the truth. As we see something, so it becomes. It becomes that way for us, and it becomes that way for the other person too. As we perceive someone, that's what we're calling out in them. That's what we're inviting in them. And if I, despite how a person is behaving, if I see in a wide open way, all of them, and I accept it, and I real I mean genuinely, not just in my head, and I give thanks that I'm able to be here in this moment with that, that person inevitably alters. And that's not because we're trying to fix them or change them, it's because we're inviting something else in them to emerge. It's like we're sounding the sound of a harp or ringing a gong. And that sound, they resonate to it. This is really true. What we see in someone, we really call out in them. Some parents just see their children as naughty, bad, disruptive, disturbing, disturbed. And that is what they will get. That's what they expect. That's what they see. That's how they relate to the child or the person, and the person responds unconsciously to that. So one of the beautiful, beautiful practices in Zen and in the unshakable road is that you take responsibility for how you are perceiving someone else. That might seem like a very strange and odd practice because we think, well, the way we perceive someone, that's it, that's how they are. Or the way we perceive ourselves, that's it, that's how I am. No, 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 that's not true, though. Not true, not true. You know, I worked for many, many years as a psychologist, trained psychologist, and so many really wonderful people would come feeling extremely depressed, suicidal maybe, feeling they weren't good enough, They only saw the worst in themselves and others. And that's what they they saw. That's what they perceived. That's what they called out. And that wasn't true. It wasn't true. It was just their perception at that time, which was limited and fractured. So this has a very vast application. Because it applies to us too. When we look for 
when we're open to everything and someone else, we'll be open to ourselves as well. We won't hate ourselves or judge ourselves if we don't make the grade so-called in a moment. But who's creating the grade, all these judgments? We let that go. So we just allow what is to be in a person, in the world, in the moment. And we t- but we just, but we, well, our part in it is experiencing it, tasting it, really being with it. And when someone is doing that, inevitably that experience is transformed by the experiencing of it alone. You know, even in science and in physics, they say, when we perceive something, we change it. Our perception changes what it is we are perceiving. It's very, very, very profound. Our multi-layered, multi-layered, true perception brings us and others to life, to goodness, to joy, to, to possibilities, to the endless possibilities of this world. So when we speak about Zen practice, excuse me, I'm sorry. When we speak about Zen practice, we are really speaking about not doing anything extra or special, but entering life in a special, it's not special, it's very natural, entering life fully, every part of it, and tasting it, being with it. Becoming a friend to life, not an enemy of life, not who's, how horrible this thing is, how awful that thing is. Let that go. Try this. Just try it. It's good to sit on the cushion if you can or on a chair and do the actual practice of Zazen, which is very simple and very beautiful. You can learn all about it. There are many, many videos and YouTube teachings on it. And that it's it, it it puts you in a state of mind. It it's like the the lens on a camera. It clarifies things. You, you're practicing just being there, not running all around, not following an impulse, not being knocked down by a thought. Just being there with everything. And then when you get off the cushion, you continue, and you're walking, and you're cleaning, and you're greeting someone. I would say that this is the practice of becoming truly human. Not looking for saints. We're not looking for gurus. (laughs) Actually, in Zen, you're really not looking for anything because everything is already here. What are you looking for? It's all here. Just you, you're not here. So Zen says, you, you be here. And then everything is here. You be real, and then everything is real. So listen, this is such a big month coming up, the holiday month. All different meetings, greetings, gifts, expectations. This is a wonderful time to practice this beautiful pillar of love, which is to be with everything. Just experience it, taste it, welcome it. Bow to it, thank it, and let and and let and let it be. Leave it alone, including yourself. 
Leave it alone. Let everything be just perfect as it is. And then one moment will turn to another, to another, to another. And that will become, rather than being fearful, change will become exciting, beautiful, delicious, refreshing. That's the best word for it. Because each moment will be brand new. So thank you, thank you for listening. This URL for this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. I wish you a beautiful week. If you want to write to me for any purpose, any reason, my email is topspeaker at yahoo.com. Thank you. Bye-bye.